And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Lazen Powers is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals of last-minute tickets. Did you know Blackhawks tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You know, personally, I when I get on the site, I, I love how you can see the panoramic views. You can see where exactly where you're sitting. Uh, you know what sort of view you're going to have when you have the tickets, and when you get there, it, it's 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 what they sell you. So it's uh, it's easy to see where you're going to sit and and how the, it's going to look where you sit. So uh, so go ahead to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Laz and Powers I am currently in my living room in the dark. There is no power, and I'm on my cell phone Wi-Fi hotspot. I can't even speak. And there's a tree down in the neighbor's yard, so uh, I'm just hoping to survive this podcast. How you doing, Scott? I'm good. I'm obviously better than you. I'm in my office here in uh, here in Chicago. Uh, we do have power, and uh, my light's on, and... Uh... Yeah, that's where I am. So. <laughs> this goes to show you when you when you actually pay property taxes, you get services in Indiana. We just kind of living in the wild west out here. There's a place next door that's uh, that's it's on the market. Maybe you guys can move over here. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna uh, subsidize it for me? <laughs> I'm sure the athletic will give you something, right? <laughs> Moving expenses, right? Um, so uh, big night last night. You were there. I was I was watching the awful Chicago Bears, but you were at the United Center for Kirby Docs. NHL debut, and uh, 
I guess let's dive right into that. Uh, what are your uh, immediate impressions of him, having seen him now in Rockford and in Chicago? Yeah, he. I you know I, I wrote a lot about it for today, and I I think he could play in that NHL if that's what the Blackhawks wanted. You know, um, even last night you you saw some of what he does and why the Blackhawks are excited about him and why he was a third overall pick. And you know he's got size and can do certain things with the puck and creates and. Um, you know, he, he said there weren't a whole lot of nerves, but, you know, he, he fell down in his first shift and he kind of missed the puck. And, um, you know, th- there were things where, you know, I think he was playing very safe. And, you know, if he's comfortable, um, he's probably a different different player. And, you know, just talking to people at Rockford, you know, I, I watched the one game live and some of it online. But, you know, just talking to people at Rockford, by, by game three, you know, he, he was comfortable. He's playing with his head up and just a lot more confident. And um, it's it just whether the Blackhawks want to give him that opportunity now. You know, this is... Uh, you know, we're six games in, and I feel like the Blackhawks are still kind of evolving, trying to figure themselves out, and now you throw Kirby Doc into the mix, and um, he can certainly help you. It's just whether you're willing to wait and whether you can live with the ups and downs, and, um, you know, I, I, I think six games in, you're still kind of figuring out your lines, so I, I don't think this is the place where they wanted to be. You know, I, I think last night you finally saw, I, I think it was the first game where Taves' Corsi percentage is over 50, and, you know, the, the Brinkett-Shaw uh, Taves line had some life, and then, um, they, they played Doc a lot with Strom and Kane. They got a lot of ice time. You know, I, I think they might have been, you know, led the team in five-on-five ice time, but not a whole lot of opportunities. You know, played uh, somewhat safe hockey, and you know, you didn't see a whole lot from them. But um, now, now you want to give them a you know chance to you know kind of spread their wings a little bit and get comfortable. But I, I don't know if this team can afford that either. You know, it's uh, the schedule continues to get tougher, and um, it, it's a team that I don't think there's much room for error either. You know, last night was another game where it's, it's basically a one-goal game. You know, the Capitals had the empty netter, but I think so far what we've seen is this team is uh, it's kind of on the edge, you know, where it can go one way or the other. And, um, you know, Doc may help, but he, he may hurt too. It's such an unusual situation for them to be in because there is a sense of urgency. They haven't won a playoff series in four years. They don't have the luxury of, you know what, let's just, let's just delay this kid. They might need him now. I do think that he's probably one of the 12 or 13 best forwards they have. And it's hard to reconcile that with them saying, you know what, we're, we're better off without him and he could do some time in Rockford. I understand, or excuse me, in Saskatoon. Uh, and I understand the inclination to always want to be cautious and patient with guys like this. Hell, Jonathan Taves went a year uh, uh, back in college after he was drafted. Patrick Kane's really the last guy to come in right away. So I understand the inclination to want to send this guy back to junior. But, man... You got to win now. There's there's jobs on the line here, uh, and this team is like you said. They're kind of on that edge of are they good? Are they bad? Are they somewhere in between? It's hard to tell right now. You know the 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 the, the bit of the game that I was able to watch last night and looking at the numbers seemed like they played a pretty good game. They were you know dominated the puck. Uh, they they seem like a team that can get on a run, that can win a bunch of games, that can make a playoff push this year. And if you think Kirby Doc gives you a little bit more of an edge. How do you reconcile that and not play him? That, that's, that's, it's a really difficult decision for the upper management. Yeah, no, for sure. And Carlton came away last night. He, he thought it was one of their best games. And, uh, you know, from a four-line perspective, you know, it, it's, it was the, they were rolling four lines for the most part. You know, you, you, you get a goal from the, you get a goal basically from the fourth line twice. It came with, came with double shifting on the second goal, but, um, you know, you, Kajula scored a couple of goals now in consecutive games off of different lines. Uh, that third line was just uh, incredible. Again, you know, Kubalik had uh, 14 shot attempts, 10 on net. Um, you know, finally you, you saw Taves and, and those guys clicking a little bit with uh, with Shaw. 
Um, you know, th there's definitely upside with Doc and Strom and, uh, and Kane there. Um, now it's whether you're going to let it play out again. It just, um, yeah, like you said, I, I think there's potential there. And I, um, it, it's strange right now because, you know, Kane talked about after the game yesterday too, how he's, how he's sort of seen the bottom six sort of lead this team so far. You know, you, you're starting to get some goals from uh, that fourth line. That third line's probably been your best line. Um, and, and you still sort of have questions. You know, as, as, as much as the first line was a little bit better yesterday, it still didn't produce a goal. And, um, you know, Kane still hasn't exactly got going five on five. And um, so it, it's it's weird where that's uh, the bottom six heavy right now, where that's driving play. And, um, and you wonder if Nylander even now, you know, I, I've certainly been... Uh, skeptical about his game but you know the fact is that he continues to produce game in and game out and uh, last night again had uh, had two primary assists you know he set up Kajula with the beauty of a pass and then um, read a play and, and, and helped Kane get on a two-on-one and Kane scores on that so um, you wonder if Nylander maybe Nylander and Kane make sense too and um, but yes yeah, so I, I feel like that's part of it too there's still some questions and even as good as Kubalik and Sadar would would that lining be better with with Taves there? I agree fully. I mean, it, it, it's hard to break up the one line that's been consistently good for you, but I think Saad and Kubalik are the ones driving that possession. Put Taves there with them and just see what happens. Give him a game like that. You can always go back to camp if you need to, but you're right. It is. I mean, we talked all offseason about how, man, this is a very top-heavy lineup, and it's proving to be quite the opposite. Where You're right. The bottom six are kind of leading the charge. Uh, you're, it also, Nylander, I, yeah, I mean, full credit. I've been as skeptical on him as anybody, but he's making the most of limited minutes. He's producing in a smaller role, and he's doing a good job of it. I mean, he still has his issues, and he's gonna, you know, he's still a young guy. He's 21. He's gonna kind of fade in and out, I'm sure, from game to game. But uh, right now, he, if, if if it's a race between him and Brendan Perlini, I mean, Perlini was fine in the game he did play, but right now, Nylander is, like you said, he's producing, and that's what matters the most. I guess the question too is that you know that Smith set out the the lineup yesterday, and you know he's been he's obviously been dealing with something where he missed a couple of days of practice. You know they call them maintenance days, and you know he participated in the uh, in the skate yesterday. But um, if Doc plays, someone has to sit, and um, you know it maybe Smith's the guy, but Smith's still making a pretty good dollar. You know I, he's got a pretty high cap hit. Like does that make sense too? Like is is that gonna um, you know, he was brought in to help the penalty kill and help the fourth line, and um, you know, maybe that's a tough decision. You sit a guy like that, but um, I, I think that's something that Blackhawks are probably considering too. Is because if if Nylander's rolling and uh, you know Kajula's playing well and Carpenter's kind of made himself um, indispensable now too with just the way he's playing on the penalty kill and, and the minutes he's getting, that is Smith the guy that they sit if they decide to go you know this way forward? Yeah, Smith is the fifth highest paid forward on the team at three point two five million. And he's signed through next year. I think we all kind of raised some eyebrows with that Anisimov trade. It's like it, it was basically a wash in terms of cap. It saved maybe a million dollars. Um, and yeah, he's been that. That's been an awkward fit because you have all these guys you want to get in the lineup. You know, your your Nylanders and your Perlinis, and now your Docs. And it's like, well, what do you do with Zach Smith? Can you? I mean, you can't sit him. There's no rule saying you can't sit him. He's been fine, but he hasn't been really all that great either. So. Uh, does he become your 13th forward, your 14th forward at $3.25 million? Are you willing to do that? Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it remains to be seen what they're willing to do. I, I keep coming back to this idea. You know, we're talking about Doc. We're talking about cap hits here. How much pressure do you really think is on this coach, this front office? That like, How much leash do they have? I mean, we it's been four years since they've won a playoff series. What happens if... If it doesn't break bad, but it doesn't break good, what if they're just middling again and not really a playoff team? What happens? How much 
Is anybody's seat hot here right now? I, I don't know. I, I don't get a sense for that. Like, I, I think we all assumed that Quinville was, uh, you know, where he was last season. But I, I don't get a sense, you know. I mean, McDonough was so positive and, um, you know, everyone was so happy about getting the third pick. And, you know, everyone's so optimistic about Boquist. And, you know, there's such a point to the future. But uh, it has, like you said, it's been four years since they won the playoff series, you know. Um, this is still the general manager, you know. This was a new coach and general manager. Then you say, um, yeah, there's some patience there, and, and you want to give Carlton some time, but uh, you've given the training camp, uh, you know, like, like we all talked about, you know, you've given them time to uh, implement their system and teach it, and you certainly went out and got the right players. And uh, it, it is early, but, you know, there's signs that this team is still the same team in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think even with the goalie thing, you know, Crawford didn't give up any bad goals yesterday, but uh, they, they, at some point, you know, is Leonard your guy too? Like, if he's outperforming Crawford, do you do you have to make that decision? But um, overall, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't get a sense whether um, you know Stan Bowman still talks very confidently. He, nothing has changed in you know in his tune. You know, I, I think he raised a lot of eyebrows with um, you know in the feedback I got from some people about what he said about the analytics and how the Blackhawks are in the forefront. And um, you know, it's a guy that's that's very confident in what they're doing and and how they're doing it and. Um, and that's drastic, you know, when you look at what, what they're actually doing on, on the ice, it, it, it hasn't been there the last couple of years. So I, I don't get the sense, you know, if, you know, if, the, if they're the same place they are, they were a season ago, is Bowman's job in jeopardy? I, I, I don't get a, I guess, a full handle of that right now. Yeah, yeah, I wrote, I wrote at the end of last season that, that Bowman basically saved his own job by correcting his own mistakes. A year ago, almost a year ago, when they fired Quenville, I basically said that the wrong guy... The, the, the wrong kid died. You know, the, the wrong guy got the axe. And, uh, uh, you know, it was Bowman's fault that the team was in this mess. But then he went out and he fixed a lot of the problems. I mean, some of those trades he made, look what Drake Kajula's doing. They got him for Brandon Manning. How does that yeah. even happen? Peter Chiarelli should be, like, in jail for that trade. It's it's mind-blowing. So I, I, I look at this roster and I see them play. And even in their losses, I'm like, I could see this team being pretty good. But it, it, it's so hard to say, though, because at what point does patience run out? Stan Bowman has always been John McDonough's fair hair child. He, that, that's his guy. And it's been, this is a long tenure for any GM, let alone one in a major market, let alone one that hasn't really done anything in four years. Uh, I don't get the sense that his job's in jeopardy, but at some point it has to be, I think. It's, it, it, and then you get to Colleton, and God, if you look on Twitter, he should have been fired you know, months ago. Like Nobody has any faith in the guy, which I think is a bit harsh. Uh, but at the same time, like, how much leash does he get? It's been a year. Um, if, if if this team starts stumbling again, do you commit to? The, are you committed to this guy long term? Uh, coaches have been fired for less than this. You know, a year of, of of middling play. But again, he had them turned around late last season. They played really well, and the team the team really likes him and believes in him. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I never get a sense of that room of. Late last season, I felt like everybody was buying into this guy, to Colleton. And uh, it, it's hard to say this early. It's hard to say anything this early because they really haven't played that badly. But they're under, they're what, 2-3-1. and one. Uh, At what point does his job become in jeopardy? I don't know. I don't know. I feel the standard for the franchise has been lowered significantly. They still talk about one goal, and they still have the sellout streak, and they're still the Chicago freaking Blackhawks. But we're, we, we seem to be, not we, the general we, seem to be accepting a much lower standard than they would have three or four years ago. 
Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the thing, right? Like it's just it's the thought of making the playoffs now is is the goal, uh, and and I guess that was sort of the goal before. Is they always talk about just getting in the playoffs, but it, it would feel like such a massive achievement right now, um, considering what it's been the last couple of years. And you know, you, you get a feeling of these first, you know, again, the feeling of these first six games where um, you had one way or the other on any given night. You know, we, we, they haven't been dominated, but they haven't dominated either. You know, last night it felt like the first time where they really got the, you know, got rolling. And, um, I mean, they, I don't know what the final count was, like 80-plus shot attempts against the Capitals. And certainly... Um, All of them by Dominic power, Kubelik. <laughs> having as much power play time as they did help last night. Uh, on paper, this team's better, but it's, it, I still feel feel like they're figuring it out. And, and, and Doc's injury and concussion certainly kind of... Um, you know, impeded what they what they plan to do with them. But here we are, you know, and you're still figuring out where Nylander is. And I, I think he's earned, you know, his chance to stay in the NHL. But you're, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I The, the de- defensive pairings, it's there's still some questions there. You just see them getting, um, uh, teams get, get, get in the, you know, in the offensive zone so quickly. And, and I think there's some natural issues regardless of um, how you make, you know, put, the, put together those pairings that you just have to live with some of that too. So, um, and, and then, and then again, the goalie play. I don't, uh, um, you know, it, it's nice to have those two guys, but I and I and I continue to wonder if at some point you decide on who's who's best and who's going to give you a chance to win because I feel like at least in Leonard's game so far, the, you know, it's a little bit lower scoring. Um, I, I feel like they've been better, um, you know, just uh, defensively. So yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. It, it just you know, I feel like we keep on going on the same points, but yeah, um, it's it's. Six games but in, to, I, I don't have a feel for this team, you know. But but to me, and, and, and it, it kind of comes back to Kirby Doc for me, in that you don't they have to play him. I feel like they have to play him. It gives the fans something to be excited about, which does matter. This is a very image oriented team that cares about its place in the Chicago sports hierarchy a lot. Um, and he's probably one of your better, one of your twelve or thirteen best forwards. I don't see how you can say. We're trying to win now. We're still one goal. We still got this core that we're trying to maximize. And then send the number three overall pick back to Saskatoon for a year to go play with you know little boys, basically, instead of playing with men. When you're trying to win now, I think they have to accept the financial ramifications of, 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 of using his contract. And I think they're generally okay with that. They don't want to, but if he proves he can play, he can play. And I just think, he, yeah, man, I don't know how you can justify sending him back and then just being me- mediocre again. This team needs something, and it needs to try hard. It needs to put all its chips in the table. Yeah, because that, that feels like an out, too. Like, you send him back, and, and you're like, well, you know, he needs more time to develop. But uh, it goes back to your point, too, that it, you need to win now, right? Like, it just it's if Doc helps you, then, yeah, it, it sucks that you may have to pay him a little bit earlier. And um, even Boquist or whomever, like, it's... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just. I feel like they keep on kicking the can a little bit. You know, like there was such a talk about the future, and it, it included Yoki Haru and Mitchell and Boquist, and you know, here we are, and um, none of those guys and Bodan, none of those guys are in in that NHL, and um, you know, they, they went out and, and certainly they they were thought highly in Nylander, but um, and 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 you know, to his credit, Nylander's made it work, but it's not exactly been as smooth as the Blackhawks hoped, or he doesn't actually he hasn't fit how they hoped. You know, him playing on the fourth line and limited minutes, and then. Coming up with a player or two, I don't think that's what they'd want. But um, yeah, I, I think you know. Again, I, I think Doc helps them. You know, I, I think he can play in the NHL. You got to live with some ups and downs. But at the end of the day, his high end talent and his ceiling is so much higher than anything you have 
uh, organizationally. You know, within within two or three years, he's probably the best player on this team or right there. And um, you know, by the end of the season, by halfway midway the part of the season, he's going to get better. Like if you, he's better probably developing playing NHL minutes than he would be. Uh, you know, in a perfect world to be able to send him to Rockford for a bit and get some time and then bring him back up. But um, you know, considering the just what limitations are with the CHL, it's um, sending him to Saskatoon. Maybe he dominates, and and that's that's all good. But uh, he can help you, and just because this team isn't deep enough right now, and you know, having you can see last night, even you know, he has that size. You know, he he can bang a little bit. He can uh, he can get you pucks. He can create. He had a he had a really nice play where he set up Kane for a chance. And I, I think the more time you get him, the better he's going to be. So um, it, it's strange that now that none of those defensemen, you know, obviously Yoki Ohara is traded and. You know, Boquist still has some, you know, developing to do in Bodan, and Mitchell didn't even sign. But it's uh, there's been so much talk about the future and, and the fact they haven't really tapped into it in a lot of ways. And um, now I, I feel like if you have Nylander and Doc out there, it's uh, it's the future is now a little bit more. And you guys have those guys developing. And, and at the end of the day, I think those guys do make you a better team. And you have to maximize the core guys while you have the older core. I mean, Duncan Keith is 36. Brent Seabrook's 34. Kane and Taze are 31. You got to win now because if you wait a year or two to get Boquist and Doc and get these guys just their feet wet, by the time they are NHL fully developed players, your old core is going to be too old. So yeah. you, there really is a very odd window here where the over where these things can overlap. Where you got the new core developed, you know, led by DeBrinket and Strom and maybe Nylander and Doc. Just throw them in there now because what you have now isn't great. You're not going to mess it up. By putting Kirby Doc out there right now, you're probably going to make it just a little bit better, and that's what you need. You need to, you just need to, you need to go for it because, man, four years in a row. I keep coming back to that. I, I keep talking to players about it for a story I'm working on. It's almost unfathomable that this team has gone four years without winning a playoff series, considering what they were not that long ago with a lot of these same players. You know, I think part of it too is that you need to think of this team maybe differently than you started the year with. You know, like it hasn't played out. Uh, perfectly and I, and I think some players are better than others and, and maybe not what you expected but you, know, you look at someone like Brandon Saad I you know I was going through the numbers this morning and he's he's one of the best wingers in the league right now he, he's I think he leads the league in scoring chances per uh, per 60 minutes and five on five he, he's creating so much and and Kubelik's probably better than you expected and and you certainly want to give ice time to Kane and Taves you, know, you want to make those guys work but um, you know last night I, I think that third line finishes um, I think it was fourth, and you know it, it was pretty balanced, but it still finished fourth, and I think five on five ice time. Um, and Carlton's been making this point where maybe some guys, uh, it's okay to play a little bit less, you know, maybe you, you excel in more. But you know what I see from a line like that, just what they're you know putting in, shift in and shift out, and maybe they deserve more ice time than uh, than the top line or the second line or whatever you consider the top or second line, or or maybe you you, you do move Camp off that line just because. Um, you know, Saad's been better than you probably expected, and and if you want to get Taves going, maybe it's 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 breaking up something that you uh, that is working. So, I, I think some of that is that too, where it's uh, you know, Strom hasn't gotten off to a great start, and um, maybe Doc helps him. You know, and um, I, I think some of those uh, preconceived notions you enter the season with that you need to adjust here quickly, but it it, it needs to. Um, like I, I feel like Taves has had so many different line mates already, and Kane, and you need to find some consistency. But if, but if you know something's working, and and maybe you can make it a little bit better by adding one of them, um, I, I think that makes sense too. You know, I, I, um, 
I just, you know, I keep on seeing that Saad has just played so well and that he probably deserves more than he, than he's getting out there. Saad takes Kubalik to bring it strong Kane. Just freaking do it already. I've been saying it since the beginning of training camp. Just freaking do it. You can have Doc center that third line. You can get him a, put a kid line together with uh, with Nylander and you can throw Shaw on that line to give him a little bit of uh, grit. That's I, I like that top nine. I don't like the current construction of the line. It's not maximizing guys like you said. Brandon Saad should not be playing 15, 16 minutes a night, especially the way he's playing right now. At any point, he shouldn't be. Even when he was having down years, he was still a possession monster. The guy's a good, excellent two-way player who needs to be playing more often than this. But you're right. It, it, there's, there's too much tinkering going on. There's no identity. It kind of comes back to, you know, I wrote this from the Bears game yesterday. The Bears have no identity right now. What are they? They're a team that throws too much, even though they have a lousy quarterback. Well, what are the Blackhawks right now? They're a star-laden team. They've got King. They've got Taves. They've got Dabrinkit. But... What are they? They're not some offensive juggernaut. They're not the defensive disaster they quite were. They've got great goaltending. But what is this team? What is their strength? How are they going to win games? And by changing the lines night in and night out, changing the line up and even who's in and who's out, there's no way of knowing. You have to develop some kind of identity. And this stretch here of seven games in 12 days was a a perfect opportunity to do that. And I think you give Doc the run here. You let him play this whole uh, uh, busy stretch. He'll still be under the 10-game limit. And then you reassess at that point. But you got to figure out what you are as a team. Because right now, like you said, I have no handle on this team at all. Yeah. And, and I guess the beauty is they do finally have some schedule where you can, um, you know, you can figure it out. And, uh, you know, the Blackhawks hope is at the end of the schedule, you know, you're, lo- you're not looking at the, a record in a whole different way. But if, even if you can just, you know, win here and lose there, I, I think there's... It's not the end of the world, you know. I think the fact that they got those first couple wins underneath their belt, and they have played some positive hockey, you know. Like, it's just, it's not probably where you want to be. But the fact that you've won some games and um, you played some teams tight, you know, there, there's there's an upside. I don't. I think at this point last year we were kind of wondering, um, you know, just whether this team was going to be any good. And, uh, you know, I think going into this season we thought there was, at least on paper, they were better. And I think we've seen some positive things, you know. We certainly... I think when we wrote about uh, our 10 observations after the first five games the other day, I think um, there, there were a lot of positives in there and reasons why this team could succeed and um, and get better. And, and Doc's, you know, Doc playing is part of it. And um, I think there's enough talent there. It's just it's finding the way, the proper ways to mesh them together. And, and um, you know, I, I do think, you know, again, I think defensively that there's, there's always going to be some issues, but you can hide that. And, um, and part of it is you scoring more goals, right? I feel like offenses have been a little bit too difficult for this team to score so far. Um, you know, one is, is getting the power play going again. You, you certainly that would certainly help. You know, last night they were over five on the power play. Um, there are some chances there, but if they can, um, you know, if they can concur, convert one or two of those, that you know, that, that's a different game. Um, yeah. And and again, the penalty kill too. I mean, they only had faced one chance last night, and they they allowed a goal in eight seconds. And um, you know, there are a couple of breakdowns, but. Um, you know, the more consistency in that special teams, they, it's it's those little things I feel like it's coming down to, but this is a team that just can't afford um, for those little things to go against them. they got to start winning some of these one-goal games because, you know, all four of their losses have essentially been one-goal games. This one was two, but like you said, empty netter, on the one in overtime, and then the Sharks and the Flyers. This will be a telling week. you got Washington, they already played, and then you got Vegas, Philadelphia, and then at Carolina. These are some really good teams they're playing. And uh, I, 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 th- I feel like I keep saying this, but we'll have a better feel for this team at the end of this week. Uh, if we don't, that's probably problematic. Yeah. What, uh, what, what can we look forward to from, uh, from Mark Lazarus this week? 
I have a. I haven't written it yet. I got to do that now in the dark. Uh, I have a story, hopefully, my computer charge will hold. Um, I'm writing a story today about Andrew Shaw that's running on Tuesday morning. It is uh, a little different, a little fun, and it's got the word shit in a lot. So I, I think it'll be all right. <laughs> nice. How about you? What do you got? What do you got cooking? Uh, I have a couple stories that I need to uh, transcribe and figure <laughs> out what's uh, what's next. So story I, of uh, our lives. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a couple stories in the mix that I think are. Uh, I just I won't reveal them yet, just because they're not far enough. Far enough. Along. I do. I, I, I did want to talk about your 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 analytics stories. I think that came out since our last podcast. Um, yep. I, I did want to touch on that because it was fascinating. Because I love, you know, the, you 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 presented both sides of it really well. Where you have here's here's everything Stan's saying, and he's very confident, almost cocky about it. You know, oh yeah, we're ahead of everybody. And I, I, and then you also had some comments from other people that were like, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. The day that story came out, I got four texts from four people in various levels of, 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 you know, upper management and teams, and all of them found it hilarious what Stan Bowman was saying, like, like really derisive comments I was getting about it, where it, one of those things, oh, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but the Blackhawks don't know this, or they don't know that, or they don't have this, and everybody says this, and it was, it's really an interesting dynamic that the team is really confident in what it has, and other teams have a very skeptical look toward it. Yeah, and, and I certainly came away from the interview thinking that, we're, and and you can't prove it one way or the other, you know? And, right, right. Uh, that, that's the, no one's going to open their uh, open their books and allow us to see what they're tracking. And um, and then it's, you know, if you're saying this and winning, it's one thing and saying it and, and not having the same success, it's another thing too. And I, I think, um, you know, I mentioned the story too. I, I think there are plenty of teams that are enjoying the Blackhawks losing. And uh, and then the Blackhawks say that, I, I think they do chuckle and roll their eyes because it's it's not adding up. So, um, yeah, but, you know, I, I think Colleton's more open to this than, than Joel was too. Um, so I, I think some of their decisions are a little bit more analytically driven. Um, you know, I, I think when, they, when you look at the numbers at some of the decisions they made this offseason, um, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I feel like in, in the past, it was, it was in some instances where you thought, you know, they, they, they traded for David Rumblad and um, you thought it was very analytics driven and, um, you know, what you saw on paper and what you saw on the ice were two different things. And then, then Hey, then his name's on the Stanley Cup. You you get his name out your mouth. <laughs> and then he traded for someone <laughs> with Brandon Manning, and, and it, it was the opposite, where you, um, you know, on, on the ice they thought he fit what, what Quinville was doing, but on paper it was, uh, yeah, it, it didn't add up, you know. And, and so I don't know, the Blackhawks have made decisions both ways where, um, you know, someone told me the Blackhawks have tried to make a lot of guys work um, based on analytics, and it hasn't. And um, th- there's other guys where that probably didn't work on paper, but you know, worked on the ice. So, um, but yeah, I, I think he certainly, uh, at least within NHL organizations, sort of, uh, um, you know, had them talking the other day just because uh, it was so confident. You know, like you're you're willing to come out and say those things. Um, at some point, you got to back them up too, and, and not that that you have to show the evidence, but um, it, it's it's supposed to add up to wins and losses eventually. You're definitely right about the schadenfreude around the league. Everyone is enjoying the Blackhawks being just another franchise after so many years of dominance. But uh, I think yada, 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 Brent Seabrook is going to live in. That's like my favorite quote of all time, I think. That's just, that's that sums up the entire league's attitude toward the Blackhawks these days, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the, the analytics people I talked to certainly were, uh, were skeptical of what Bowman was saying. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is, and... 
Uh, I, I don't think any of this changes what the Blackhawks think or say, though. Like, that's the thing. You know, like, they obviously, if they're winning or losing, there's still confidence about them. And, um, you know, we'll see uh, We'll see eventually where this where this ship goes. But, um, you know, I think eventually you have to pay one way or the other. Like, either you're, you're successful in, in what you say is true or, um, you know, you continue to lose. I, I think there's consequences to pay, too. So, um, I, uh, I, I think this season will be telling because I think we'll have a better idea where uh, where where they are organizationally, because I I don't think they can afford to to miss the playoffs again and um, and keep everyone sort of in place. I mean, within two years, you've only made a couple changes. You know, you you uh, you got rid of a Rockford coach, you got rid of your NHL coach. You know, when you look at scouts and the front office, it's it's been kept pretty intact. And um, I, I think it's important for the Blackhawks to win if they if they want to continue to that you know for that to be the case. One last question before we go. Uh, do you know if Kirby Doc can play quarterback, or can he call plays in the NFL? I uh, he's got the size right. Like he he might. Uh, <laughs> it can't be any worse than what the Bears are doing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of that yesterday. I'm probably probably. You didn't miss it, but... much. Let me tell you, my friend. Yes, uh, we'll be back all here right. on uh, on Thursday, huh? Another podcast Thursday least, afternoon. Uh, we'll have another game to talk about, and uh, yeah, I, I guess at some well, point we'll, we'll figure out idea. some more staples. We'll figure out some more staples to the podcast and start. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, and I'm going out on a limb here, but maybe we should start planning these podcasts instead of going. Oh crap, we got to yeah. record a podcast and then just start talking. It, it, it's, it felt like you know this. It's been such a grind with the season, and I think it's just we need to. Uh, it's weird just coming off of Europe and then there's there's games and now it's I know it's like wait, the season's doing, just starting what <laughs> yeah you you're doing the Bears too and um yeah I don't know I feel like I've been putting up putting up some pretty good content and now these podcasts and just uh, we're still trying to figure out how to balance this all it was it was easy for us to continue to say oh we'll do the podcast whenever now <laughs> now that we, we sort of we sort of have to do it twice a week we've we've got to really put in the time of preparation so uh, it's something we will address uh, sooner than later. All right. Well, until we figure that out, till next time, I'm Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers. See ya. Won't you let me try? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.